a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you are going to be meeting on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living, which is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I am excited for you to meet them. Now, today's guest is going to be uh, present a little bit of a challenge uh, to me because of my proclivity for puns, okay? And full disclosure, I'm the worst kind of pun guy because... I really don't try for puns, uh, but yet when I stumble into them in my writing or when I, when I say a pun, I can't not acknowledge the pun. Like I can't, so if I didn't try, I'm like, oh, no pun intended. Or if I did actually try, then no pun intended. And it's a total dad move. Like I find myself being that annoying middle-aged dad that everybody rolls their eyes at. So and I've tried to let them go unrecognized, but it's honestly like this Achilles heel. Like I can't not let them just lie. So, which is just exhausting. I exhaust myself. Uh, so back to our guest. The reason it's going to be hard today, and I'm going to try not to get into that space, is that our today's guest is an eye doctor, okay? He helps people with their vision, he, their sight, seeing things more clearly, seeing the light, seeing beyond themselves, uh, opening people's eyes, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you see, you see how it's going to be really easy for me to fall into that trap. In fact, I just did it right there. See how easy it's going to be. So uh, I'm going to do my best uh, because more importantly and beyond uh, that, uh, our guest, like so many other great guys on this show, uh, is a great friend. Uh, and a great family man uh, with a wife who's even smarter than he is and four amazing kids, uh, which, uh, which Betsy and I have had the pleasure of watching grow up stage by stage uh, with our girls, uh, including now in college, which is so cool. Um, is, this guest and his family cannot shake the Petersons. So we're going to continue on. <laughs> I, don't know where, I don't know where we're going next, but we're going with this guy and his family. Um, but unlike most of our mana guests, um, although there have been a couple, um, today's guest's last name might ring a bell uh, to, with all of you loyal MANA listeners because uh, his son actually preceded him on this show way back uh, in between seasons one and two. Uh, we did a little mini MANA run uh, with guys half our age, uh, but double our coolness. And so, so anyway, we're going to talk about how impressive all of uh, his kids are, um, but you're about to hear uh, how it's no coincidence uh, when you have a dad like today's MANA man, Dr. Tim Elin. Hey, Tim. Hey, Jeff. Oh, it is great to have you here. And for, and, and a little bit of backstory, uh, I have been... Um, you know, your agent has been a bear because I've been trying to get you on MANA now for like literally months and you are a very hard man to schedule. So just, oh. you know, you're, you're... Well, I'll talk to my agent. <laughs> <laughs> you're in high demand and very patient. And so I just love having you uh, here on, on the show. And, and uh, like I said, you're a doctor. And coincidentally, um, this is now, uh, and by the time folks are listening to season four, not exactly sure the the sequencing of, of the shows, but but the the, the interview that 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 I did um, with uh, with another one of our season four uh, guests was also 
uh, a doctor. Uh, he was a PhD uh, in chemistry. And so, uh, and obviously you being a doctor, you have a background in science. And I, in fact, I did a little bit of LinkedIn on you. And so uh, I knew you went to St. Olaf and you're still, you were still invited on the show. So even though you're St. Olaf, but you're a chemistry major. And uh, so I just kind of wanted to start, we'll get to God and kids and all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to actually start with, um, you know, because being a doctor is, is obviously a very, it's a very um, kind of high order, you know, kind of a calling. I mean, it's a big service, big commitment. Uh, and it starts, it starts back, you know, in undergrad and what you're going to study. Like, did you always, were you drawn to science kind of growing up? Did you know you were going to be a chemistry? Um, no, science was always easy and I always liked it in school and um, college chemistry major was, um, I thought, awesome. It seemed to come easy. Mm-hmm. It made sense to me. Um, it seemed to be a niche that other people didn't really get, but I did. And I thought I would have been a uh, chemical engineer of some sort okay. when I graduated from college. Okay. Uh, medical school was sort of in the back of my mind, but I was my first job was a chemist. Okay. So when did the when did the medicine thing kick in? Uh, after being a chemist for about six months, I realized that I really wanted to be more with people. Mm-hmm. That I wanted to to be a doctor, mm-hmm. and um, and so it was after I started my first job. Okay. Did you have any like doctors in the family, like like dads or uncles or anything like my that? My dad was an endocrinologist. Okay. Um, by the time I was in in college, he was kind of being pulled in a different direction from medicine, but he was uh, an endocrinologist for most of my life. Okay. It's such a, um, and especially for guys like me who who work in, you know, uh, less, uh, I mean, all work is noble work, but I mean, you know, coming up with advertising campaigns isn't, isn't as, I mean, I'm not saving anybody's life. Uh, how, what was it like, what was it like growing up in a house where, you know, your dad I mean that's a that's a that's a that's a big deal job you know that's you know providing a really you know great service to just people and now you're doing it like how how did when did it and maybe it didn't until you had that first chemistry job and you're like eh, I don't want to do this but was there a was there a sense of this kind of like kind of calling purpose kind of a thing that you grew up with so that now you're in medicine you're like yep this this is kind of what like everything kind of is fitting together. Yeah, I think it was, it just, once I got into medicine, it just seemed that my life made more sense. Mm. It, I seemed well-suited to it. Things that people sweated didn't bother me. The further along you got, the more fun it was. Yeah. It stopped seeming like school and started seeming like fun more and more every year. Yeah. And once I realized how much fun I was having after about the second year of medical school, um, there was there was no end in sight. Yeah. I mean, you realize that that you could do anything. Um, the the calling part, I think, I I saw my dad and I saw how busy he was and being on call and getting called in. Um, and if anything, that maybe steered me away from certain parts of medicine. <laughs> yeah. But but it didn't certainly didn't didn't steer me away. Well, there's, from there's a sacrifice to it. I mean, and even yeah. in a little wow. bit, again, for our listeners who now get a little, little behind the scenes, but actually Tim and I were supposed to sit down yesterday 
to do this. And, you know, apropos of your calling, you're like, okay, dude, sorry, I didn't check the schedule. I'm jammed all afternoon. And I think that is a real, you know, that is a real, I think, consideration that a lot of people probably make early on and that maybe steers them away from it. But I think the fact that, that it didn't you, and, and so you must've seen that though from your dad and yet, and yet he rose above that you know, the inconvenience at times, you know? Yeah, well, one of the biggest honors in life is really to be needed and to be able to walk in and have a busy schedule because people need or want to see me is is just a reminder every day of how lucky I am yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. And even on, on bad days, on hard days, to go home and realize that these many people needed or wanted my help, um, it's just a huge blessing. Yeah, that's cool. How do you connect it? And we'll, we'll get to kind of the whole faith thing and with your, with your awesome family and, and, and the real priorities that you've made in keeping faith front and center. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit in more detail, but, but how, what kind of connection, if any, are you making, cause you are such a man of faith, what kind of connection are you making when you are actually you know, kind of administering these services, yeah. you know, which do you feel a connection between you know, providing the service, being needed, feeling like you're 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 deploying your gifts. You know, in 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 a way, are you making that connection to, you know, kind of faith and and service at that higher level, or is it or or not? Almost every day, yeah, once or twice a day, that question pops in my mind: What would Jesus do? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and it's pretty easy to ask that question and find the answer quickly. Yeah, um, whether it's a difficult patient, um, in, you know, anxiety, angry, someone with a bad situation, someone who hasn't paid their bills, whatever, bad things happen. And um, and so connecting to faith in those situations usually makes the answer of what the best thing to do very clear. Yeah, that's cool. What was it like growing up? Did, did you grow up in a, in a big kind of faith family, like with your, with your folks and brothers? I don't even know how many brothers and sisters you have. What, what, I, what, did, what did the Elan family look like? We grew up, I was the oldest of three brothers, okay. and we were Lutheran. I um, grew up going to St. Philip the Deacon right over in Plymouth. Oh, yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. I thought it was great. We went to church frequently, but we had a cabin, and so we weren't going to church all the time. Mm. Um, my father's family was fairly religious. Um, then I converted to Catholicism uh, when my wife and I got engaged, okay. and I did the RCIA program. Yeah. I just heard you mention that. Yeah. It was a fantastic program. Every Monday for nine months, Cindy and I went together the mm -hmm. year before we got married. Um, and I've been Catholic ever since. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So the growing up Lutheran and then converting to Catholic, um, sort of two different stages, but in my mind just blended seamlessly. Yeah, what was it like? Because I did the same thing. I, we, I, I grew up Lutheran, and and uh, the first several years of Betsy and I being married, I, I hadn't, um, you know, joined the, the the Catholic faith, and then and then finally realized that I'd been spending the last, you know, 10 years going to Catholic masses and loving it, yeah. loving it. And I'm like, well, why am I not doing this? So I did it. And it was a wonderful experience uh, for, for both uh, Betsy and I. But did, did you feel that same thing? Like just going through that process with Cindy, just, I mean, it's just such a, and probably good for Cindy too, you know? So yes, she was in dental school. I was in medical school. It was a nice couple hours to just 
hop in the car, drive out to Holy Name yeah. of Medina and, um, and do the RCIA program every Monday night. The other thing, though, was that my mom and dad separated right after we got engaged, and being the same faith seemed like something that would be easy mm. to do together mm-hmm. versus trying to split the Lutheran Catholic family. Yeah. And, um, and like you, I'd been sort of dragged into the Catholic church for a few years with Cindy <laughs> and her family. Um, and, um, just sort of loved what we did. Yeah. I, I did have, um, a super good experience early on with, um, uh, a priest who was very welcoming and opening and, 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 easy for outsiders to come in and, and totally. get to know totally. Father Arnold Weber. Yeah, we've talked about him on this and, show, yeah. Um, and I think he and his approach towards uh, outsiders was a big reason that yeah. it was an easy decision for me. Well, and actually, because we have talked about Father Arnold before, and he was almost so welcoming and so that it kind of made it, like I think for me, the urgency of actually going through the formal kind of initiation process was probably delayed because he was so welcoming, you know, because it was just, you know, so it really, but, but, but for me, it was really the Holy Spirit working because, it, because then, you know, when I had, you know, discerned and made the decision to do it, I knew I was doing it just because I wanted to do it. You know what I mean? It was just, it, was, it wasn't because anyone was making me do it, you know, whether it was Father Arnold or Betsy, and I think that's what made it even cooler, you know, to go through it, free will, all that kind of stuff. So that, so one of the things I did want to talk about, I talked about it uh, a couple, mentioned it a couple times in, in, in your intro, uh, your family is just truly like, like the Mount Everest of families. And, and you've been very, you and Cindy have been very deliberate about raising your kids in the faith in school. So they went to parochial school, in, you know, elementary school and in high school. When did you guys decide that that was going to be the direction you wanted to take with your kids? Uh, I, for me, um, I would have to say that it was as our oldest child was approaching school age, we lived in a fantastic neighborhood in the Wayzata school districts. And um, we we weren't against the, the Wayzata school district mm-hmm. or public school districts at all, but just down the road, we knew of and heard of Holy Name, um, kindergarten through sixth grade, and um, had a few families that had just tremendous experiences there, including some neighbors in our neighborhood. Um, as we looked into the differences between Holy Name and the Wayzata Public Schools, um, it became pretty obvious that for faith reasons, but also just it was a smaller school. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we mm-hmm. had a little more say in it. Um, it was a a little bit of a homier feel and and all that stuff was really good for our family. Yeah. Now when you talk about having saying it, it reminds me of one of the first because obviously we knew of you and, and, and Cindy and the kids, but Cindy and I were on the um kind of the school board or whatever they called it, uh, at the same time. And that was kind of when I first got to know Cindy and it was it was awesome because it was you felt very vital, you know. I mean it wasn't just this check the box kind of a committee. I mean, you were really in it and, um, and I loved it. And I think that's a, another cool thing 
you know, like what you're what you're referencing is it's not just the, I mean, obviously the formal instruction and being able to have your kids grow up and learn about Jesus and be able to pray in school and not have it be some third rail thing. But I think it's also to have family. You know, they say that home is the first church. You know, that, that that's where that's where church starts is your is in your home. And I think, you know, for guys like you and I and, and Betsy and Cindy to feel so. Um, integral to that education experience and in the community it's like it 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 we all were sort of like surrounded by the faith you know even though our kids were the ones going through it you know we were all part of it you know? oh absolutely and it sometimes we we felt so good about our decision that we had to really make ourselves go to church because we we're thinking the kids are getting it in school yeah and we know they're <laughs> not supposed to count that but um and then we um after they finished uh, at Holy Name, um, we looked at, we actually were with an Orono School District at that point. We had moved. And um, as you know, Orono School District is phenomenal. Mm. But um, we we just thought that uh, we had the opportunity to, to continue the parochial approach using Benilde St. Margaret's, which mm-hmm. seemed like a fantastic fit for both of my older boys. Um, and I think that... Uh, for our family and for our kids, that was a fantastic choice. Um, yeah. It uh, was a school that continued in in the Catholic faith. They got to to pray. They got to go to church. They got to have uh, significant religious education. Um, and it was a school that at the time, uh, I know this is a hot word, but it offered a little bit of diversity and um, mm-hmm. it was a little closer to Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And, and that word probably means things different now than it did 10 years ago, but... Um, we we like that, um, and um, and so that was an easy choice for us. Yeah, yeah. You you, you mentioned your kids, and, and I did want to, um, as listeners to, of Man and I'm, I'm president of the Quinn Elan Fan Club. Um, <laughs> but I love we love all of your your kids, and and um, and so you got two boys and two girls. And was it any different as you saw Griffin and, and Quinn? grow up in kind of the church and in, the, in these church parochial schools, you know, whether it was at Holy Name Benilde and then Piper and Sutton, was there any difference? Did you see, you know, the difference between boys and girls? Like, did did you see the guys, you know, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost um, take in their faith or, or sort of like uh, translate it back any faster or slower or different or or was it not and it was no because we've got all girls we've only seen one version of it you know but was did you see any difference between between your boys and girls no i didn't really but i do have to say that um it's an amazing there's a few amazing points in time of a parent where where the the kid's faith comes out and mm-hmm. they'll do something or say something and this was for all of them where it's amazing that they are getting it and you just didn't really have a clue that they that they were as as um, faithful or that religion was as important to them as as it mm-hmm. it becomes mm-hmm. and once once you realize that your kids um, are of the faith that they that that religion does matter um, it just was uh, one of those parenting moments that allowed us to feel pretty good about ourselves. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, and you feel like, because we've had those moments too where you feel simultaneously, like, you know, grateful, you know, like, oh my gosh, like this, but also like almost like... (laughs) 
like uh, surprised, like oh, how'd they get this? You know, because I didn't have yeah. it. I didn't have it. I mean, when I was that, you know, growing up like that, and it's just it is such a it is such a blessing. And for those that that uh, that maybe are coming to Mana and haven't been listening, uh, I do encourage you. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna uh, this isn't going to be a spoiler alert, but if you if you want one of the best examples of what Tim is talking about, where 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 his kids and and hopefully all we've all had experiences with our kids, but um, like this, but in Quinn's episode, he talk he answers a question which you're going to be asked in a, in a little bit here about uh, bringing somebody to church, and he tells the story of how he was talking about his answer. He's brainstorming his answer with. Uh, was Sutton, and Sutton said something, and I st- and he was sitting right where you're sitting there, Tim. And when Quinn told me this this part of the story, I literally like every hair on my on my arm stood up. It was so cool, and I just I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so great. So oh, so I'm not going to tell any of the listeners what that story is, but <laughs> so go look at it. It's the Quinn Elan Mini Mana episode. It's a very short. And you can just fast forward to the to the end of it to hear it, but but it's wonderful. It it really is. It's very cool. So, how do you see? And actually, I wanted to talk about Sutton because we've had um, we've had. Oh, oh, I think I'm you know I'm probably going to mess this up, but I I know we've had one other guest on Mana, uh, other dad uh, and and mom and uh, Mana that adopted, and Sutton is adopted. And talk about a little, and I just, I think adoption is just, it's literally giving a gift, you know, of, of, of life in a, in a different way to somebody who, who wouldn't have that life the, that they have now. And so I just think it's, it's, it's a, such a wonderful uh, demonstration of grace and love. And so talk a, a little bit about how you and Cindy, the thought process that went into that. And when you guys, had, had that always kind of been on the radar screen for your family or... It had. Actually, that was something that we talked about even in college before we got married, even oh. before we got engaged, how we both would um, like to be involved with with international um, adoption. And um, the, the timing sort of presented itself to us after we had three of our own children. And uh, we went through a process, a lot of paperwork, and people that have gone through it or tried to go through it know what's involved. Um Things kind of worked out for us, and we we got our we call it the referral um, early, and it was a healthy four month old baby from South Korea, mm-hmm. and we got to pick her up at age seven months, which was also a blessing and um, maybe a little bit unusual. We got to bring her home ourselves. We took the opportunity to involve the whole family, so we brought our three other children to spend six days in South Korea. Wow while we were picking her up. Um, and we thought that would be important not only for our natural kids, but for, for Sutton to yeah. know that. Um, and so it's been a journey for, for the whole family. Yeah. Um, it's It's been a, a great way for people to realize that, that there's different ways of seeing things in this world. And sometimes mm-hmm. Sutton sees things in ways that the rest of us don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Even uh, though she's lived with you since seven she, months, there's still, yeah. She yeah. lives with us since age seven months, yeah. but she sees certain things in a very different way and yeah. certainly not right or wrong. But uh, it's, it's really interesting to realize the differences sometimes. Yeah. And I think I can, I think that's whole, that's true for all our family. Yeah. Well, and what a gift 
also, I mean, obviously the gift to Sutton, but also like the gift to your other kids to have them grow up in a house where, you know, it's kind of like you and growing up in a house with, you know, your dad being a doctor, like you didn't know any other way. So this is just what life looks like. This is what family looks like. You know, your other, you know, your older three kids growing up in a house like that, that's just like, it's actually not extraordinary because it's just, it's their life, you know? And I think that is such a gift to them as well, you know? I think that they've mostly enjoyed it. Yeah. I mean, four kids is four kids, as you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder, why do we have four? <laughs> but, but it's been it's been a journey that I wouldn't have changed or That's given wonderful. Up. Oh, I just love them to death. All right, well, hey, we are at the fun segment portion of the show. Time goes by so gosh darn fast. I'm not even going to... You'll be shocked at how long we've already been talking. So we're going to, uh, the fun segment, three questions. Uh, you've had not, you've had time to think of it on your own. You've listened to your son answer uh, two of these three questions. So you've got plenty of, of great opportunity to dazzle us with your answers here, Tim Elan, Dr. Elan. So the first question, fun segment question number one, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow at either one of your wonderful homes <laughs> and just wanted to hang out for the day, what would you do with him? Jesus and I, I would I would bring him in and I would I would let him talk mm-hmm. about his life. I would want to see what he thought as things as he was growing up. I would want to hear what his perspective of the world back then was. Yeah. Um, and I would be listening to see if 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 what he saw was really all that different than things that we're going through these days. Mm. Yeah, especially nowadays, it'd be great yeah. to kind of get that perspective, for sure. Awesome. Um, fun segment question number two, and no pressure, but this is the one that your son knocked out of the park. Well, your son and Sutton knocked out of the park. So uh, if you could go to church with any other guy, living or dead, uh, known or not, famous or not, whatever, it doesn't matter, but it just has to be a guy, uh, who would you go to church with? Well, the answer is, I mentioned my daughter Sutton sees things sometimes in ways that we don't, and the answer that she gave to Quinn, and since I heard that answer, um, that was sort of a life-changing moment, and it would be the same answer. Yeah. And I'm happy to say it. Yeah, please. And it is your worst enemy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would invite my worst enemy to church. Yeah, that was, it was honestly, so now for those that have been listening, that's the answer. And, but still listen to Quinn say it too. And I, cause I, it is in that it's Sutton. It, it's that, that sort of wisdom. Um, it and, just comes right through. And that answer is not one I ever would have given on my own. I don't think until mm-hmm. I heard that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So powerful. Oh my gosh. I love it. All right. Last question. Uh, last question. If you could give uh, just one piece of advice to a younger man about living a life of 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 confident uh, confident faith, but you know, kind of the faith that we celebrate on the show, which isn't overly, you know, not you know, not jamming anything down people's throats. You know, it's just this. It's just this. You know, when, it's like when people, whether they're patients that come into your office or or people that you meet through church or school. I mean, they just they're living living a life like you, what would be that piece of advice that you give to a younger man? I think that it's important that if you're worried about something, figure out what it is and fix it. 
if you can't fix it, stop worrying about it. Mm, interesting. That's great. There, there's a great Bible passage about that I can never remember what it is, but something about like, which is essentially saying, you know, just don't, uh, don't be anxious, you know, just live life and trust God and try to, you know, relieve yourself of anxiety. That's great. How do you do that? Well, if I'm worried about something, I decide how I can fix it. Uh-huh. And if I can't fix it, then I stop worrying about yeah. it. Well, Tim Elin, thank you so much for uh, for being here. Thank you for your, your scheduling patience. It's great to finally get you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. I, I am honored to be here. I really don't consider myself at the same level as some of the other individuals you've had on the show. So uh, this is... This is a privilege for me. Oh, you are. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.